I want to start off by wishing everybody a happy new year, 2020. It's going to be a new great year and a lot of changes are coming and I hope everybody had a happy holiday season and they're ready to get started with the new year and new tasks. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the Movie, a story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. Thank you for taking the time to join us on the Backyard Gardens podcast in the first week of 2020. I'm extremely thankful for everybody that has listened and helped out and tuned in and commented and all the good things that are going on all over the world. And I want to talk about something that's kind of important for this year. I believe it's time to make a gardening revolution. So what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, it's time to decide to make a change. It's time, if you've been thinking about making a garden, it's time to maybe make that garden. It's time to move forward with your plans for the year. And we're going to help you do that this year. We got a lot of announcements this this episode. We're going to talk about um, how to make that change. And we're also going to talk about what we're doing to make that change. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody that we have our seed giveaway going on. It's going on until February 14th, 2020. And all you have to do to enter that is just go to our website and um, subscribe to our newsletter which we will give out periodically. Uh, What it's going to end up being is um, PDFs about tasks to do for seasons of the year. There'll be announcements for the movie that we're doing, production updates, and anything with the podcast or any giveaways or anything like that we're doing. Um, San Diego Seed has been kind enough to give us some seeds to give away, so we're going to do that. They're a family-run farm that has over 120 different varieties of seeds and um, we grow them and they are great. They grow really well. So uh, just sign up for our newsletter and you'll automatically be entered in, in 2020, which is this year in February, we will announce the winners or we'll contact them and you'll be getting, you'll have a chance to win 10 packs of seeds to get your garden started for the year. So why do things need to change? Why do we need to have a gardening revolution? Well, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, we just came through the holiday season and we had yet again another lettuce recall. It seems like we're always getting food recalls for listeria in particular. And I don't know if anybody really knows a lot about where the listeria comes from in vegetables, but generally it's because they are watering the plants with water that has feces in it. So it's kind of gross. And that's what gives you the listeria concern. So by growing your own food, you can eliminate that problem and that issue and grow food that you don't have to worry about recalls. I mean, if it gets recalled, it's your problem. It's your fault because you grew it. So that's a good, um, that's a, a really good reason to start And then another thing, too, is you have issues. Um, I'm sure we've all heard reports of like bees dying and stuff like that. Um, The collapse of the bee colonies. And 
starting a garden and making a place for the bees to live and grow and help you grow food by pollinating is I think is a great thing to do as well. We don't have to have beehives, but we just need to make our places more bee friendly, be happy. So, I mean, if there's no bees, there's no pollination, relatively speaking. And that means that it's going to be harder and harder to get food. So like in our garden, we try to practice and provide um, places for bees to live. And we're going to have multiple podcasts about this throughout the year. We've just finished writing um, five months worth and we've got another seven months to go. But that's definitely in the works where we're going to talk about that. And then knowing what's on your food. So there's a lot of pesticides and stuff like that in food. And you, when you grow your own food, you know what goes into your food. You know what goes onto it. If you use pesticides, that's your choice. If you don't use pesticides, then that's even better. Or you can use a natural alternative. There's, um, there's times to put pesticides on plants so you don't harm the pollinators, meaning bees and other insects. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. That's not just spraying with pesticides. Even if you decide to spray with a pesticide, just timing it right can help minimize the problems that are out there. And then you have the worries about uh, genetically modified foods. So that's up to you, whatever your feelings are on it. I try to limit as much genetically modified food as I can. And I realize that a lot of that is in uh, soybeans and corn and stuff like that. So a lot of the corn and soybean, they go into your prepackaged foods for the genetically modified. And there's others as well, but there's different risks of what you can and can't have. So for a high risk, you would have stuff like alfalfa, canola, canola, which goes in canola oil, corn, cotton, papaya, soy, sugar beets, yellow summer squash and zucchini, and then potatoes. And those are the ones that you have a pretty good risk of getting and getting um, genetically modified foods, unless you're buying organic. And then low risk stuff. I'm looking at the uh, GM non GMO project, and I'm just reading the list they have. So the low risk is the lentils, spinach, tomatoes, sesame seeds, and avocados. And then a monitored risk would be something like flax, mustard, rice. Wheat, apple, mushroom, orange, pineapple, um, salmon, sugar cane, and tomato. So there's a lot of different things to worry about. And I mean, like apples, I know they just added something to them so they don't yellow when they get oxygenated when you cut them. So, and if you've ever grown squash, you know that squash can be difficult to grow because it has um, the tendency to get squash bugs and powdery mildew. So I don't know what they're putting in it, but I would imagine it would be something like that to make it more productive. So as you can see, there's a lot of different uh, products out there that you have to be careful about and you don't have to be careful about it, but if you're trying to avoid them, it's a good thing to try and stay away from it. That's just my theories. I don't know what it does to to the human body, so I just want to be careful. So I try to eliminate as much as I can 
Now, there are times, I'm sure, when you go to a restaurant, there's going to have genetically modified foods. Or, and then if you ever eat something like, um, I like to use like Hamburger Helper as an example, I guarantee you that's got genetically modified uh, crops and stuff in it. So just be careful if that's what you're wanting. But if you grow your own food, you can eliminate that. So if we look at the list, the easy things to grow on here are, depending on where you live too, you can grow potatoes fairly easily. Yellow squash and zucchini you can grow. Uh, you can grow corn if you're lucky enough to be somewhere where you grow papaya. Um, apples, if you have an apple tree. So tomatoes, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I think most gardeners have tomatoes in their garden. So that's a good place to start too. And then you're just eliminating the chances of that. And then you have, going back to the pesticides, you have what's called the dirty dozen of uh, fruits and vegetables that are like the dirtiest for pesticides. And they are the full list as of 2019 is strawberries, spinach, kale, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, and potatoes. And those are heavily sprayed with herbicides and pesticides and stuff like that. So a lot of those you can grow yourself and easily like strawberries. We put strawberries out in our garden last year and we're just going to let them grow into a strawberry patch. So we'll get strawberries all year. We're not all year, but each year and don't have to keep buying plants. Now that being said, we don't grow as of right now we're not getting enough to support our habit of strawberries because our family has a pretty good strawberry habit we go pretty heavy on it but spinach is an easy one and kale is another easy one i mean you grow those in the fall and spring and if you shade them and it's not very warm you can get them through a good part of the year as well and you can grow your spinach and kale and not have to worry about that um if you want to start a good thing to do is start um, fruit trees in your yard. So you could do apples, peaches, cherries, pears, all that in your yard if you wanted. And then that would help eliminate that risk. Tomatoes, you know, you can grow tomatoes. We know that. And oh, cherry trees, I'm sorry. And potatoes and then celery. So, I mean, all most of these or all of them are easily avoidable if you just take the time and plant them in your yard. Now, I'm not saying you need to have a fruit orchard in your yard, but, you know, just be mindful. And that's really the best thing you can do. Just be mindful of what you're eating and when you're planting your gardens, what you're putting in your garden and why. So those are good targets to put in there. And then you also have um, the health crisis in America. So a lot of that would be like diabetes and heart disease and stuff like that, which comes from your standard American diet, which is mostly meats and restaurants, fast foods, you know, and there's a lot of places where foods, healthy, fresh foods aren't available to the community easily. So by growing these yourself, you can add in that and help eliminate that. Because one thing I've noticed that is if you grow it, you'll eat it. So like, for instance, I never ate uh, collards when I was a kid collard greens ever because everybody always put pork fat in it 
and I never really cared for it. Well, one year we decided to grow it and give it a shot because we were living in New England and the summers were so short that we wanted something to extend our garden. So we started growing kale or not kale collards. And next thing you know, I found a way to cook collards, which was, I liked it. And we ate collards all the time. So now we eat collards, but before I didn't. And tomatoes are the same way. If I buy them, I won't buy them at the store and eat them because I don't like the flavor. But if I grow them myself, I like the flavor. So there is a difference. It's a good thing to do to try and grow different foods and introduce them into your lifestyle, into your diet, and you'll start eating healthier. And you obviously have to make other decisions too, like lay off some of the sugar and don't eat fast food all the time and all that. But a good place is gardening because you stay a little bit more active. I'm not saying you're going to go out there and get, you know, crush a cardio workout in there unless you're really working hard, but you stay a little bit more active. You're using different muscles you're outside, you're getting fresh air, and you are eating healthier food that you grow. So it's a really great place to help with that diabetes and heart disease epidemic that's going on right now. So I'm a person who has personally fought weight problems my whole life. And when I started gardening, I was able to manage it better because of me being more active and me eating better during those times. That's another good reason to have start the garden revolution of 2020, you know, take it away from the stores where you're paying too much, where you can go buy a squash. You might be able to get a squash for 50 cents, but for a seed, a pack of seeds is a dollar, dollar dollars, $52, something like that. And you can get, I don't know. We've had off one plant before we've had like 50 or 60 squash come off of it. So the money's there. The money savings are there. The time is there, but it's also a hobby that people can get into. And then the other thing to reason to do it is for energy waste. So the number one way of wasted energy is food. Food is an energy. Calories are a form of heat, which is a form of energy. So when you go to the store or the restaurant and you throw your food away, that's just throwing away energy. Not to mention the fact that it came via truck, boat, plane, train, however it got there. And then that energy was used to get there and then it's cooked and then you don't eat half of it and you just throw it away. So by growing it, you're eliminating some of the energy use. And if you grow it, you'll be more likely to eat it and not waste it. And what we do waste, generally speaking, we, um, sorry, my dog's barking out there. What we do waste, we put into our compost as a form of recycling and it's not really wasting it. So that's another good avenue or good reason to think about. It's always an option to compost if you if you haven't it's really easy to do and there's ways to do it and we're going to also have a podcast on that this year so how can you help we have all these problems but we need some we need a way to help everybody wants to know a solution well every small part helps first of all so don't think that 
oh, it's just, it doesn't matter if I compost my food because nobody else is doing it. Well, if everybody listens to this compost, you're making a little bit better. You know, if you're, if you're saving that energy or if you're growing your own food or you're donating your food to people that need it, you're making a difference. And that's important to remember is there's ways that you can help and the little things matter. You know, a beneficial insect house out in your yard can make a difference. It doesn't have to be some ground shattering thing that costs you hundreds of dollars. It can be a simple act that makes a difference. So start growing your own food and learn about nutrition. That's the first place I would, I would think about, and it doesn't have to be a huge garden. Remember it can be in a pot. It can be in the ground. It can be a full acre. It can be on a back porch. It doesn't matter. It's just somewhere, something, and then practice good environmental practices. So water savings, don't use a lot of pesticides, especially at the wrong times of day when the, when the beneficial insects might be out. Don't, you know, it's as simple as don't throw your, your hamburger wrapper out the window when you're driving down the road. I remember when I was a kid, I would see, I would be driving down the road with my mom and stuff would just be flying out of the cars in front of us. And I always thought it was gross, but I didn't think much of it. And now if you see that, everybody like freaks out and you can get a ticket now where you used to not be able to. I know a guy who used to, uh, when he changes oil, he used to pull over on the side of the road and pull his truck across a ditch and then just drain the oil right in the ditch. Well, you, you don't do that anymore. So those little things have changed and they help. And then help others learn to garden. If you're listening to this and you already are a gardener, then help somebody learn. How can you help? I mean, there's a lot of ways to help. You can send them this podcast and we can help them. You know, we focus, our goal is to focus on people who are just getting started gardening or want to start a garden. But everything that we talk about can be applied to people that have been gardening for years. Everybody's on a different level, but we definitely want to help people start gardening. We want to get them into it. We want to get them to learn and, and learn the passion and see where their food comes from. Because I believe that's a very empowering part is when you know where your food comes from. And then get out and get moving. You know, you go back to the health crisis talk. And I'm not, I exercise myself and I'm not pushing on anybody, but go for a walk. Enjoy what's around. You know, getting out in the garden is moving and getting outside. Put down the screens, put down the phones, unless you're listening to the podcast, of course. But otherwise, just get out and, and enjoy what's out there. Enjoy the quiet, the breeze, the sun, the food, the dirt, the grass in between your toes. I know it's cold right now. And when I lived up north, we didn't see grass for probably about five months. And... I remember just missing grass and when it would finally get warm, it feels so good to have it in between my toes again, you know, just get out there and get moving and help each other and learn. And that's the most important thing you can do is just help people. I think that's something that's overlooked. You know, I started filming this movie and doing this podcast because somebody told me I want to start a garden, but I don't have time. And I, my simple question is, how much time a day do you watch TV? Well, their answer was three hours. I'm like, take 15 minutes a day, water your plants, 
and then that's call it a day. You know, it's not hard. It can be as difficult or as easy as you want, but just that one comment. And then there's another one, but I'm going to leave that one for the movie when it comes out. But that comment is enough to just, it, it lit a fire and it made me want to help people because I grew up watching my grandfather work in a garden. He had a big garden. He worked, let's say probably four hours on the weekend on Saturday and Sunday in it, but it was a big garden, but he had a lot of food and he sent it to people to help them that didn't need, that didn't have food, that didn't have a lot of money and he would donate it and he would can and we would eat all that food for the year. So, but that was an extreme measure, you know, working four hours every weekend. That's a lot of time, but if that's a hobby of yours or a passion, then that's great. But it doesn't have to be that way. It can be something simple. And remember that, you know, don't go on Pinterest and look at all the gardens and think, oh, I wish one day I could have it. They all started with one garden bed. And then over the years, they grew. And that's something to remember. Because looking at stuff like that can be damaging to you. So it puts you in a place, or at least it does me, where I feel like, what I do is not enough in my garden because it's not beautiful and gorgeous and plants flowing out everywhere. Well, that stuff's expensive. And we have just, I just wrote a podcast today to talk about how to make your garden closer to that at a more affordable way. Because I feel like that's one of the big things too, is people think these things are very expensive when in reality, they're not all that expensive. It can be a lot worse. You just have to think about it and try to make it fit your budget the way you can and be realistic with what you want and understand that this isn't a one-time deal. This is something that grows year after year after year and things change. And I mean, it's kind of like doing, um, uh, what are those called? I think there's Zen gardens where you do the drawing in the sand and the idea is you don't hold on to it. You just when it's done, you just wipe it away and you start over with something new. Well, you get that every year with a garden. Every winter, it dies off, and then you can replant however you want and design it however you want each year. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So I had a bed that failed this year that I talk about all the time. But I knew, hey, it's winter time now. It's time to redo it, start over, make improvements where I need to make improvements. And remember, every small step counts. It all helps. So what are we going to do this year in 2020? Well, there's a lot of things that we want to do, and we're going to do as much of them as we can, but we're going to continue filming our movie. Hopefully, we'll be done with that. I'm hoping in we'll be done filming in July or August. That's my goal. And then with a release time sometime in 21, that's my goal. And then we're going to start making this podcast though. So what we're doing with the podcast now is we're setting it up. So they're in sections. So in the winter time, we're going to have sections like the next one coming up is going to be about starting a garden. So we're going to go with seed starting, how to do it, what you need, how to decide what you want to do. And then we'll go into, you know, a a spring section about planning and 
spacing and all that stuff. And then we'll go into, we'll go into summer tasks and what to look for and how to make your plants grow a little bit better and then fall and winter, so on and so forth. So we're going to have sections and each section will be anywhere from two to four episodes. And then we're, so we're going to do that. And then we're also going to have guests on. So we've got a, uh, trying to get a farmer on like a small family farmer. I have a lady from, um, Instagram that I follow and talk to a little bit that is very passionate about gardening. So we're going to have her on, we're going to have the seed companies on, um, my wife will come back on and talk about some things that she knows about and she's passionate about. And we're going to try and get a different food bank on too, at minimum. So we're trying to get more people on and get them involved so we can help you guys learn and just see what else is out there because it's important to not get into your little bubble. And when you're in your garden and just think like, this is it, this is only me. There's a lot more to it and there's all kinds of people out there. And then we're going to, we're also, we're redoing our garden that failed. So we're going to make a little, um, video series about that once we get started on it. And we're going to put that on our YouTube channel. As of right now, our YouTube channel's small. It's got, I think, two trailers on it. And I'm starting to put the old podcasts on just to kind of get them up there so more people can hear them. But once we get those up, we're going to try and do stuff like that on a more regular basis. We won't have weekly videos or anything like that, at least until the um, the documentary is done. And once the documentary is done, we might kick, we'll probably kick it up a little bit more, but we just want, I don't really want to do a video tutorial per se. I want to just show you what I'm doing. And in the process, you'll learn something, but it's not necessarily going to be a how to just a place for you to see where I come from, where we come from and how we handle it and what we want to do with our gardens. And we'll do a little bit of how to's here and there and stuff like that. But for the most part, we just want to kind of get it out there and let people see how weird we go about doing things. And then we're going to go, um, once a week on Instagram, I'm going to go live. And when you, when I do that, anybody's ask me anything. So you can come on and ask me anything about your garden, about life, whatever you want, how the movie's going, what we're up to, anything like that. So we're going to try and do that once a month and it'll be during the day. I haven't decided a day yet. I think what we're doing is just looking at the, um, who's online when, and then when there's a, a group of people on, we will go live and we will talk to them. So I did one, uh, it was funny. I did one by accident the other day and a guy was asking me about his tropical plants in the wintertime and how to take care of them. So I was able to help him out. And then another lady, she asked me about growing garlic in Alabama. So I was able to give her a couple tips about that. That's something we're going to do too. Cause I just want to make sure that if somebody needs some help, we can provide it to them to the best of our ability. I'm by no means an expert at this, but I do the best I can and I've learned a lot and I just want to share that with people. And so through 2020, that's what we're going to start doing. And I mean, I ask, I say, join us on Instagram. If there's something you want to uh, talk about in general and you can't 
be there until a certain time, send me a message on Instagram at Backyard Gardens the movie and we will, you know, I'll schedule it for that. Doesn't matter to me. I want to make sure that, you know, especially if you're listening to the podcast that you get the help that you need and we can do it with the best of our ability. So um, we're going to do that. The video tutorials, the movie and continue with the podcast. So, I mean, I didn't anticipate starting a podcast when I did the movie, but I felt like there was more of a need for people to have a gardening podcast and one that was specific for backyard gardens, which is why we named the movie. I mean, backyard, front yard, however you want to handle it. But, you know, a garden that's in your yard, um, I just felt like there was a need for that. And I know there's other podcasts out there and we're all covering different content. So I just I felt like that was needed. And it was it became it's become a way for the movie, the message of the movie to live on and continue the conversation to continue after it's done filming. So I thought that was just a great way for us to do that. So like I said before, the next series or the next episode will begin a new series about starting a garden. And it can be, it's for people who want to start a garden or people who are thinking about starting another garden in their yard. So we got, we're going to have a lot of information about that and we look forward to helping everybody out. And I look forward to hearing from you guys about what you're doing this year in 2020. I mean, let us know, join us on Instagram and Facebook at backyard gardens, the movie, and don't forget about our seed giveaway. Uh, it goes on until February 14th, 2020 and just, um, enter your email address in our website, backyardgardensthemovie.com, So you can, um, be subscribed to our newsletter and any updates that we have. And we're not going to send you a bunch of junk email, um, it's not a lot, but it's enough for us to be able to contact you and help you out with different tips and stuff like that. I'm just trying right now. Um, I have a couple PDFs written down, but I'm trying to find a way to get the tip sheets to look real pretty. And it's, it's not complicated. I just don't have a lot of time right now, but we're going to get those made. And so you'll get four of those this year at, at least. And then, um, We'll probably do some, if we have any announcements or giveaways or stuff like that, because we're going to try and do some fertilizers and tools and seeds and all that good stuff. We'll be able to let people know through the uh, website. So again, happy new year, everybody, and get ready for my favorite recipe for the new year. So this is an easy recipe. Um, I know that people have been probably eating pretty bad for the past month or I mean, really since Halloween because it's candy and then it's Thanksgiving and then it's cookies and cake and cookies and cookies and cookies, more cookies, eggnog, you know, fatty foods and all that. So what I like to do every year is I like to incorporate smoothies into my meals every new year for as long as I can keep them going. And I have a basic recipe that I alter from time to time, but it's, it's the same format. It's one banana, 
a cup of frozen berries of your choosing. I usually do blueberries or raspberries. Those are my favorites. And then a large handful of spinach. And I know the spinach is like, ew, spinach, gross. But once you blend it up real good, it doesn't taste like spinach at all. You can't even, can't even hardly tell it's in there. And it's a good way to get your fruits and vegetables in early in the day if you if you choose to eat early or whenever you do it. But it's just another way to get another serving of vegetables in. Because if you're anything like me, fruits are pretty easy to get in. But vegetables, sometimes you get kind of tired of them. And spinach is one of those that doesn't have a lot of flavor. So you can mix it in and it doesn't go. I mean, you'll you'll feel them a little bit. But other than that, and so you get a little bit of iron and a little bit of fiber in there. And then you can, like I said, you can switch out the the berries. And I also, sometimes if I really feel froggy, I'll put a little bit of uh, peanut butter or I usually do uh, that PB fit, the powdered peanut butter. I'll put that in too, just to make sure that I get, um, so I can get a little bit of different flavor or if it's too thin, I'll use it to thicken it up. But I don't like ice in my smoothies. So I don't use ice. I use frozen berries and it kind of acts as the same and it's delicious. It really is. Oh, and I forgot I use about a half a cup to a cup of milk. Um, almond milk is what I use, but whatever you want. And then you just put that in there and blend it up and you've got a smoothie and my son loves it. My wife drinks them all the time. We drink them. And once we learn that basic recipe, then you can alter it all you want, put whatever you want in. You know, you can switch berries out. I don't really like strawberries in it, but that's just me. But you can switch them all out and do however you want to do. And it's a real easy way to get some nutrition in. You know, put down the eggs and the bread in the morning and get you a little little smoothie and drink that. I mean, I usually try not to drink my calories, but it's kind of thick because I don't use ice. So I get to chew it a little bit. And it's a delicious way, especially after like a workout or something. It's really good. But give that a shot. Give that the uh, the smoothie and old try at, through the new year and let us know how you like it. Um, it's really easy, really simple, not very difficult, cheap to do and um, enjoy. And we will talk to you guys soon. We look forward for 2020 with you guys. We look forward to doing giveaways and filming movies and podcasts and helping people and keep the conversation going. Uh, You know where to find us and we will talk to you soon. So until next time, happy new year, everybody, and have a good day. So if you have any questions or want to know what we've been up to, you can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. It's Backyard Gardens, the movie. And on Facebook, we also have a group. It's called Backyard Gardens. We have a website, backyardgardensofmovie.com. You can sign up there for an email to get updates about production and release dates for our movie. And give us a like and a review on iTunes or in your favorite services because it'll really help us reach more people because we want to help everybody learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 